You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. Well, let's get our Bibles out this morning and open them up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 as we uh, dive into a Christmas series entitled A Down-to-Earth Christmas. You know, the video we saw just a few moments ago um, talked about the focus of the narrative of Scripture. And all of Scripture is pointing towards Jesus Christ. Um, the Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus Christ. And as we look at the, the letters in the New Testament, they point back to the working of Jesus Christ. The purpose of Scripture is for a, a focus on, on Jesus Christ. And um, so in thinking about a theme for this year, I, I thought, let's call it a down-to-earth Christmas. We could have said a back-to-basics Christmas or a keep-it-simple Christmas. You know, there's so much that will be competing for our attention in this next month that I want our focus as we uh, get together here at church and as we worship together to get our focus back on what Christmas is really all about and get our focus on Jesus Christ. He is the true reason for the season. And so in the midst of all that other stuff that goes on, the gifts and the turkey and the family and all the, all the rest of it, um, and I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm going to enjoy all of that as well. I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of what this is really about. And so we want to get back to some basics on a down-to-earth Christmas. And today, we want to talk about the glory of God revealed. I don't think we necessarily understand what was going on on that first Christmas as God reveals himself in a new and different way than he's ever been revealed before. And so we're going to launch into this out of Luke chapter 2 today. So let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word. And I'm going to start at verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And when all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Father, the working that you did in the lives of these shepherds as we will look at them a little bit today and understand how they must have wondered and been in awe and filled with fear and not knowing which way to turn and yet, Lord, um, the announcement of the Savior. And so, Lord, we pray you give us ears to hear your word and minds to understand it. But then, God, faith, faith to live out the principles we learn from your word for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. You can take your seats. I begin this message by asking you the question, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because when the angel appeared, they were afraid. 
what are the things that you're afraid of? Um, I can think of a couple of things. Some people I know. I know my daughter. My daughter is, um, she's afraid of butterflies. <laughs> like, I don't get that. Just like whack and it's gone. But butterflies, butterflies flit around. She, she never wants to go down to Hamilton to the Butterfly Museum. Just doesn't want to do that. Uh, we were on a trip one time and there was this big wall of butterflies and I took a picture and sent it to her just because I loved her so much. And uh, she just just has this weird fear of butterflies. Um, other people have fears of different things. They're afraid of snakes or bugs or I don't know what you're afraid of. Um, I'm not really all that excited about heights. Um, I don't like heights. Um, when we went up the CN Tower, I stood towards the back of the elevator and looked out. And when that glass floor was appeared, there's no way I was stepping on that thing. Not, none of my life depended on it. I wasn't getting on that. A friend of mine, I've told you this story before once, he got from his wife for his birthday um, the gift that they could go out and hang, put those red suits on and hang off the CN Tower. And so he phoned me and said, hey, Paul, do you want to come with me? I'm going to do this thing. I didn't even have to pray about it. No, I'm not going. I'm not doing that. I, I'm afraid of heights. Um, but what are you afraid of? Um, you know, the one thing we should be afraid of, and especially if we don't have a relationship with the Lord, we're going to see that they, we should fear God. And that's what they feared. That's what they saw. That's what we see in the text. And so let's dive right in and take a look at it. When the glory of God is revealed, it causes fear. When the glory of God is revealed, it causes fear. Um, in verses 8 and 9, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. But not just fear, they were filled with great fear. A fierce theme comes through in the Christmas story in a number of places. Um, Joseph is told, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And Mary's told, do not be afraid. And uh, so fear is all through the, what is happening as Jesus Christ is being revealed in, in, in this story and to us on this earth. And so let's just take a minute and understand what's going on here a little bit in the background. The, the Bethlehem shepherds were out in their fields taking care of their flock. They might have been uh, the shepherds who were taking care of the temple flock, the flocks of sheep that would be used in sacrifice. It might have been those shepherds. Um, Shepherds were not highly esteemed in the day. Uh, they were social outcasts. They were ceremonially unclean. Their reputations were untrustworthy. They were a class of people who had a bad reputation. They were knowing as being pretty, uh, pretty uh, light-fingered with p other people's things. And, you know, what's yours is mine. Um, that was kind of the, um, the, back, the rep that they had. And so uh, the reality was they couldn't give uh, witness in a court because of their low esteem in this world. And, um, and yet when God chooses to reveal himself... He chooses to reveal himself in the gospel to the lowly. Isn't that an interesting thing? It didn't happen in Jerusalem. It didn't happen to the kings. It didn't happen to the princes. It didn't happen to the... When God reveals himself, when the gospel is first revealed, it's revealed to the shepherds. It's revealed to the lowly. And this um, angel who comes and reveals himself and God's glory terrified the shepherds. God's glory terrified the shepherds. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great 
fear. So let's look at the principle here, the principle about fear. They were afraid. They were afraid. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just out there doing your job and all of a sudden this angel appears to you and the glory of the Lord shines around you and you're afraid. They were afraid. Why? Well, because they didn't know the one who was being revealed. They didn't understand who it was. And people who don't know who God is, people who don't have a relationship with Christ, the thought of God and the thought of being accountable to Him should bring great fear. Now, that's what it brought to them. Uh, they're, they're there out in the field, and all of a sudden this angel's there, and the glory of the Lord is shining around them, and they are afraid. It's kind of a Captain Obvious thing. Well, of course they were afraid. It's not every day that an angel appeared. I don't know how it happens in your life. It's never happened in my life. Not just that not an angel appeared, but then the glory of the Lord shining all around. They were afraid. They were afraid. They were afraid because of this angel. They were also afraid because they're seeing the glory of the Lord, the one who is the creator, the one who is all-powerful one, the one who gives us our next breath, the one who is the ultimate judge. And the ultimate judge appears in the glory of God, and they are afraid. When the glory of God is revealed, it causes fear. Luke 12, 5 says, But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after has killed has the authority to after he has killed has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And so that's their state. They are they're afraid. Because they don't have a relationship with this God. They don't have an understanding of what's going on. This is all new to them. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, the thought of meeting God, the thought of a standing before him one day should cause great fear. Great fear. See, when the glory is revealed, it causes fear. But here's the second thing. When the glory is revealed, it is the foundation for the good news. Without the glory, there is no good news. Look at verses 10 to 14. And the angel said to them, here it is, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So again, we have the story in the quiet of the night. We have this angel who arrives and he's bringing good tidings. Then a whole group of angels appears. A writer by the name of Trapp said this, let, let God have all the glory so we may have the peace. The angel reassured the frightened shepherds, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. And here's why you don't need to be afraid. Because the thought of standing for God with no hope is being taken care of in Jesus Christ. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. The Savior that they looked for, the Savior that they hoped for, the Savior that they wondered about is now being announced to them. And so in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their trepidation, in the midst of, oh no, what's going on? The angel says, you don't need to fear. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to fear. You'll find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. 
and lying in a manger. You know, it's interesting, uh, Sue and I went down to a Sight and Sound in uh, Pennsylvania this year, and we saw the presentation on Jesus. It was amazing. I uh, talked about it when I got back. It was one of those high points of our year for sure. And uh, in the middle of that presentation, as they, as they told the story of Jesus, it was interesting because they didn't start it at his birth which I thought was interesting and until the end and I understood why, but they went through his life and, and then they come to the end of Christ's life and he, he hangs on a cross and he is, he is dead and they have him lay outside and they're wrapping him in, in grave clothes. Um, and at that same time, over here on the other side of the stage, they have Mary and Joseph and little baby Jesus and they're wrapping him in cloths. I never thought about it before. I never really even studied that before. I'd, I'd never, I'd missed it somewhere along in, in my life. Um, the reality was that Jews wrapped their dead in strips of cloth as they did their infants. It was a reminder of the death that would inevitably follow one day. And so as you wrapped your child up, what you were doing was doing a reminder of what would come at the end. And the birth was amazing and wonderful. It was a reminder of what was to come. And so even in the birth of Jesus Christ, they wrapped him in these cloths and they laid him in a manger. The heavenly hosts, the heavenly hosts, they come and they announce the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, there's really only one other time when we have this happening like this in Scripture. It's found in Isaiah chapter 6 when holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And so uh, these shepherds, as they are out in their fields, as they are standing now face to face with the angel and with the other angels that come, and they're seeing the glory of God shone upon them, they are experiencing something that hadn't been experienced other than by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And, but this revelation that is coming, this glory that is coming, coming it, is the, it is the hope it's the foundation of this good news that we have. And so we go from, in the first point, where they're filled with fear, we go to fear not. Fear not. See, when you have a relationship with God, when you have an understanding of what's coming, when you get it, who the Savior is, you're no longer in the state that the shepherds were, and they were filled with fear. And so they're even told, you don't need to fear anymore because the Savior is here. You don't need to fear anymore because maybe you were separated from your parents once upon a time and you were lost and you didn't know what to do and, and suddenly your dad walked around the corner or your mom came and all oh, the fear was gone. Why? Because your Savior had arrived. And that's what they're being told to do. Now, they don't understand it at all like we understand it today. But you don't need to fear anymore, shepherds. You don't need to fear anymore, world. You don't need to fear a person out here who doesn't know Jesus Christ because the Savior has come. The Savior has come. Fear is not wrong, but fear in the wrong things is wrong. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. For all who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Timothy 1.7 said, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And so what do you fear today? Do you fear what man can do to you? 
Do you fear standing before God one day? A Savior has come. Fear not. Fear not. Proverbs 29.5 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Psalm 34.4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Psalm 56, 3 and 4 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? The Savior who has come is the source of the deliverance from our fears. Notice what the verse says when it says that, um, that this peace is come, but peace isn't for everyone. It says um, in verse 14, for glory to God in the highest and on, per, on, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Among those with whom he is pleased. Are you pleasing in God's sight? Not pleasing because of what you've done, but pleasing because of the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Because you're a person who has peace. You're a person who sees the glory of God and the working of God and in awe of God, and yet there's a peace, there's a comfort, there's a hope in knowing who he is and what he has done. And so when the glory of God is revealed without Christ, it causes fear. But the glory of God is the foundation for the good news because it's the glory of God that is showing that, that the Savior has come. And then here's the third thing. The glory revealed, it causes a response when God's glory is revealed, when God's glory is revealed to the shepherds, when God's glory is revealed in your heart, it causes a response. You cannot be the same. So here's the story again in verses 15 to 19. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph, and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Some principles for us to take from here. The, the first preacher of the gospel was the angel preaching the good news of the Savior to the shepherds. But the shepherds, when they took hold of the message, they went and they did something with the message that they have. It said, let us go. Let us go. They had a genuine urgency. They didn't hesitate at all. They declared their action. Let us go. They did what they said they would do. You know, I think so often in our lives, talk is cheap. You know, we kind of get the idea of, oh, let us go. Let us. But we never actually go. We just kind of sit around. Let us go. Um, Sue and I just had the privilege to come back from uh, being on a cruise on one of those things on my bucket list that we, I wanted to do, we wanted to do. And uh, we got on a cruise ship in Miami and we went down through the Panama Canal and up to Los Angeles. It was an amazing trip. So thankful for it. But one of the things that we, we prayed about, I prayed about, is that the Lord would give us opportunity to talk to people about the Lord while we were on the ship. 
And um, it wasn't long. We were on the boat and uh, talked to a couple and, and their story and found out their story. He came out of a Catholic background, an Episcopalian, kind of an Anglican background, but just wrestled with all of those things and, and talking to him about the Lord. And then he, he told his story and it became clear that although he's still wrestling in gen- he has a relationship with Christ. It was a great time with them. Um, and then we met another couple that God put in our path, and I'd been reading a book that's called um, The Four Wills of God. Not that, like, if you don't like this one, you can take this one. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the four things that Scripture specifically talks about the will of God. And we meet this other couple, and uh, his name is Steve, and her name is, is Deborah. And um, as we hear their story and find out more about them, we find out that, that he's trusted Jesus Christ, and she has too, but they're wrestling with some things. They have uh, two sons who... Um, they're just not in a good place, and I had the privilege to pray with them for their kids, and I told them, you know, they're seeking the Lord, and what should they do? And I told them, I'm reading a book right now, and I'm done, and I'm going to give you the book. You can, you're going to give it to me? You can have it. And uh, I said, I got people at the church that'll order me another one. And uh, so I already have my books back on my desk already. And, uh, but opportunities, looking for opportunities where God would allow you to uh, be a light in someone else's life, either for the gospel or to encourage or help. And the Lord even allowed us those things on the trip and other couples. We met a guy in the L.A. airport on our way home. Um, he was an interesting duck for sure and uh, started talking to him. And, and he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Jesus guy. I'm a Jesus guy. And I went, well, okay, lots of people are Jesus guys, but like, what do you mean by that? And as we talked to him, as interesting and California-y as he was, uh, he seemed to have a clear understanding of the gospel. The Lord opens doors. But, but you have to determine that you're going to go through the door. All three of those cases that we met on the strip are people who seem to have an understanding, a good understanding of the basics of the gospel. But if we never went through the door, we would have never known. And so that was their reality. Let us go. See, they made Christ known. That's what happened in verses 15 to 17. They determined that they would make Christ known. And so they go. And they made Christ known to Mary and Joseph. And they made them known to everyone who would listen to them. I wondered at first when I thought about the shepherds, like, was it just Mary and Joseph they talked to? But no, it says in verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. And I just wonder in our lives, I wonder in my life too often, this glory of God, it causes a response about do we take the opportunities that God gives us? So what did they actually do? What did they actually do? I kind of put it down into three things. Here's what they did. They told what they knew. They told what they knew. And then they told what they saw. The angel, Mary, Joseph, the baby, they saw it. They told about it. They couldn't shut up about what they knew and saw. And then they spoke with a sense of urgency. They spoke with a sense of urgency. We must go. We must go. We must do this. And in your life, lots of people are like, well, I just don't know enough about the Lord. I'm, I'm a new Christian, or I'm just not strong enough in my faith, or I'm just not, hey, these guys didn't even know the rest of the story. But here's what they did do. They told what they knew, they told what they saw, and they spoke with urgency. Do I do that? Do you do that? See, the glory of God revealed in your life, the working of Christ in your salvation, the hope of eternal life, it causes a response in us. 
And as we come to this Christmas season, will it cause that kind of a response? Will we will be people like they were who just told the part you know? You all have, the people are going to ask me questions I won't know the answer to. That's fine. Just say, you know what? I don't know that. But I'll find that out and I'll get back to you on that. You don't have to know everything. They just told the part that they knew. They told the part that they knew. They told what they had seen. You tell the story of your life and what God has done in your life, how Jesus Christ has transformed you. And tell it with a sense of importance that this is a critical thing. Do I feel that urgency? Do you feel that urgency? We have this good news. Can you tell the story of how God made you? So God created man in his own image. Genesis 1.27, in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God made me. But sin separated me. Can you tell that story? How you didn't know Christ and how sin had separated you from God? Your story. Don't worry about their story. Um, Romans 3.10, none is righteous. No, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and 23. But then God set in motion this plan to save me. This, this, this endless sense of fear, not knowing, not having any hope, but God put in place a plan to save me. Genesis 3.15, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Is God speaking to the serpent? But God is putting in motion a plan that will save you for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. God sent his son to save me. Romans 5.8, but God showed his love for us and while we were still sinners, Christ died for me. Do we, have a, do we have an urgency? Do we have a sense of we have this story, we have this hope, the, these shepherds go and they do the little part that they understood and they did and, and then we have this free gift and it's mine to receive for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift that comes from God. It's not of works. It's not what you do so that we would never boast. Romans 8.1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 10.9 and 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the, with the mouth one confesses and is, is saved. Urgency urgency of the message. Jesus Christ coming at Christmas is an amazing story, but he didn't come to be a baby. He came to be the Savior. God, give us an urgency, just like you gave to the shepherds, to go and be obedient and do the thing that you can do, the part that you can do, trusting God for the results. They were told, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. And they announced the birth of a Savior, which is exactly what mankind needed. Mankind didn't need another advisor. They didn't need another reformer. They didn't need another politician. What the world needs is a Savior. And in this time of the year, we announce the birth of our Savior. You see, the glory of God, when it was revealed to them, it caused a response. And it should cause a response in us as well. And hey, if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, that story that you told, that's, that's the, the root of my story, how I was a sinner, how I needed a Savior, how Christ died for me, how I put my trust in Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, that's what the Bible says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. 
It's a transfer of your trust. It's a, it's a where you're putting your hope. I no longer fear what man will do to me. I no longer need to fear where I will spend eternity because it's accomplished for me. That work was accomplished for me in, in Jesus Christ. On Christmas Eve, we're going to look at a message out of John. Not the Christmas story, but it's about the Christmas story. Um, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You look at the little baby in the manger. You take a look at Jesus on the cross. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. While God's glory revealed, it brought change in their life. It brought change in their life. Look at, uh, at verse 20. It says, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. In contrast to the declaration of the shepherds in this story, you have Mary who's watching all of this goes on and it says, and Mary sat and she pondered and observed and saw all of these things. Um, but, but talking about the shepherds, it says they returned. When they came, they weren't glorifying and praising. They were in fear. And then Christ is revealed. The Savior is revealed. And look at the difference. And then they've moved from men who are filled with fear to being men who are filled with praise and who are glorifying God. The shepherds returned to their flock. They returned to what they do, but they were different. We don't know whatever happens to them. We don't ever hear, at least I've never seen anything in Scripture that ever talks about what happens to them. The last thing we really know about them is the last little snippet in their lives was they were glorifying and praising God. They were glorifying and praising God. They were glorifying and praising God. See, when you meet the Lord, when you see God in His glory, it brings you to glorifying and praising God. They were changed people. We need to be changed people. Focus on who Jesus Christ is with a focus towards glorifying and praising God. Well, so what? So what? It's the Christmas season. The video we saw was about a, the focus of the Word of God and all of it from the beginning to the end is a focus on Jesus. In the story of Luke chapter 2, it's you don't need to be afraid. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have to be afraid. You have great reason to tell, to rejoice, to praise, to worship, but you do not need to fear. As we get back to basics on Christmas, as we get back to the simple things in life, as we get back to a down-to-earth Christmas, fear not. Fear not. For the one who is born today is the Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. And take hold of that and understand that as best we can and then be people like the shepherds were who just went out and they told what they knew, they told what they saw, and they did it with urgency, being changed, filled with praise and glory about their Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the challenge of it. Lord, I think of the shepherds, how they must have been just absolutely overwhelmed at what went on in their lives on that night. They're just out doing their thing and their lives are intercepted by this angel who brings them the story of the Savior. 
Lord, some of us can probably remember when uh, someone intersected our life with the story of the Savior. And in awe, we came to the place of trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior. I pray, God, that you would be doing that work in us. Give us a heart and a passion of urgency to tell that story to others. But for the person who's here today who's never trusted Christ, they would understand the urgency of this message because to be separated from God for eternity should cause great fear. But to have life in Christ brings hope and understanding as we understand the glory of a loving God who sent his Son to save us. So, Lord God, please, work in our hearts this Christmas. If we are in Christ, to be lights that shine brightly for the fame of our Savior. If there's someone here who's never trusted Christ, this would be the day they would turn in repentance and faith and trust Jesus Christ alone. We pray these things in Jesus' matchless, awesome name. Amen.